Guadalupe Radio presents the Nutcracker Podcast. First chapter, Christmas Eve. It was a very dark night in a charming German town. The cold, icy wind was blowing, and the whole day had been gloomy and gray. Frederick and Maria Claire Stahlbaum were not permitted to enter the parlor of their home during this long, long day of the 24th of December. They sat nestled together, feeling quite gloomy, and in great secrecy, Fred whispered and informed his little sister what he had heard. Ever since this morning, there's been a, a, a rustling and, and a rattling, and sometimes a gentle knock in the forbidden chambers. I saw a little dark man with a large chest under his arm gliding through the entry, but I knew quite well that it was Godfather Drosselmeyer. Maria clapped her little hands together and exclaimed with joy. <laughs> Whatever he is doing, Godfather has always made us such beautiful things. I wonder what he is making us this time. Council Drossemeyer was a very small and very thin man. He had many wrinkles in his face and wore a large black patch over his right eye. He was bald but still vain. Therefore, he wore a white wig that was made of glass. It was a very ingenious piece of work. He was very clever and understood all about clocks and watches and knew how to make them and fix them. Whenever he came to visit, he would always bring something pretty for the children and he would put it in his pocket for them to find. Sometimes it was a little box that contained a porcelain little bird that would hop out and fly away. Or a little man who moved his eyes side to side and bowed. Or a tiny ballerina who would move round and round on pointed toes. When Christmas Eve came, he always prepared a beautiful piece of work which had cost him a great deal of trouble and it would be preserved by their parents after he had given it to them. I like what Papa and Mama gave us much better, for we can keep their presents for ourselves and do what we please with them. Godfather's presents are always taken right away from us. I wonder what he made us this time. He told me some time ago about a lovely garden with a great lake and beautiful swans swimming about with golden collars around their necks, singing the sweetest songs. And he told me of a little girl that feeds them cake. No, that's dumb. Swans never eat cake. I think this time he will make us a great castle with all kinds of fine soldiers that march up and down defending the king and the queen from other soldiers who, who, who try to break into the castle. But the king and the queen soldiers within have a big cannon and fight bravely to defend their land. Yes, 
It was becoming quite dark, and it seemed as if soft wings rustled around them. Sweet music was heard at intervals when suddenly the doors flew wide open. Ah! <laughs> oh my! Look! It's so beautiful! As they exclaimed, Papa and Mama stepped to the door and took them by the hand. <laughs> Come, dear children, and see what Christmas has brought you this year. The children must have been. Very obedient and good during this past year, for never, on any Christmas Eve before, had so many beautiful things been given to them. A tall tree stood in the middle of the room, covered with gold and silver apples, sugar almonds, lemon drops, and many little lights that sparkled like stars, illuminating all its treasures. On the table under the tree, the prettiest dolls, a tea set, little dolls furniture, and a beautiful silk dress, tastefully ornamented with pretty ribbons, hung upon a frame. <gasps> What a beautiful dress! May I put it on? Oh, may I please wear it? Meanwhile, Fred had been galloping around and around the room, trying his new bay horse. He then happily reviewed his new regiment of soldiers. Suddenly, the bell was heard again. Godfather Drosselmeyer was now about to display his Christmas gift. They ran towards a table that stood against the wall. The curtain was quickly drawn aside, and behind it stood a noble castle with clear glass windows. A musical clock began to play when the doors and windows flew open, and little men and women with Feathers in their hats began to dance in the room, and children in white dresses with green jackets danced to the sound of the music. A little man in an emerald green cloak put his head out of the window and then disappeared. Fred gazed at the beautiful castle and the little walking figurines and said, "Godfather, let me go into the castle." Ah,、oh, that can never be, dear friend. Well then, let the green man who peeps out at the window walk about with the rest. Ah, that can never be. Then, then, then the the children must come down, for I want to see them nearer. Ah, that can never be, I say. As the mechanism is made, so it must remain. Listen, Godfather, if your little dressed-up figures in the castle can do nothing else but. Always do the same. They're they're not good for much. I am bored. Give me back my soldiers, whom I order, and they always do as I wish. For I am the leader. Maria also soon felt tired of the dancing puppets in the castle and went to play with her new dolls. An ingenious work like this was not made for foolish and silly children. I will dismantle my castle again and carry it home. But their mother now stepped forward and said, "Oh, please, dear Godfather, let me see the secret mechanism 
and the curious work by which your splendid little figures were set in motion. I'll take it all apart and put it together again. Here, children, though you have been very ungrateful, here are some delicious cookies for you. Gingermen and women made of sweet sugar and thorn. Maria smiled, took a ginger cookie, and went to the table where she discovered something new. A curious little man came into view. He stood there, silent, as if waiting quietly for his turn to be noticed. His figure was rather broad, slim legs, and a head that was by far too large for his body. He wore a jacket of beautiful bright violet, together with white loops and buttons and pantaloons of the exact same color. His boots fitted his legs as if they were painted upon them, and he had a narrow, clumsy cloak that looked as if it was made of wool. Marie remembered that Godfather Drosselmeyer also wore a shabby cloak and an ugly cap, and she could not help thinking that the little man looked very much like her godfather. The longer Maria gazed upon the little man, the more she liked him. He had prominent green eyes, a white beard, oh, and a very sweet smile. Oh, dear father, to whom belongs this charming little man by the tree? Maria asked with joy in her heart. He's for all of you, my dear child. He can crack the hardest nuts with his teeth, and he belongs to you as well as your sister Louise and your brother Fred. Now this dainty little man comes from the family of nutcrackers and has practiced the profession of his forefathers. Since he seems to be your favorite, I place him under your particular care. But as I said before, your sister Louise and your brother Fred shall have as much right to his services as you. Here, put a nut inside his mouth and crack. See how the shell falls off? <laughs> how dear! Maria immediately took him in her arms and set him to cracking nuts. But she picked out the smallest nuts so that the little fellow would not stretch his mouth open so wide. In the meantime... Fred had become tired of riding his play horse and playing with his soldiers. So, when he heard the nuts crack so happily, he ran to his sisters and laughed at the little nutcracker man. He chose the biggest and hardest nuts for the nutcracker to crack. When, suddenly, all at once, crack, 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 three teeth fell out of the nutcracker's mouth, and his whole underjaw became loose and rickety. Maria snatched him out of Fred's hands. Oh, my poor dear Nutcracker. No, give him back. He's a stupid fellow. He wants to be a Nutcracker and has poor teeth. <laughs> he doesn't understand his trade. Give him back to me, Maria. He shall crack nuts from me even if he loses all his teeth. I don't understand why you make such a big fuss about such a strange little fellow. <laughs> no, no. You shall not have my dear nutcracker. 
See how he looks at me so sad and shows me his poor mouth? You were very mean and irresponsible. You are becoming hard-hearted, for you beat your horses, and lately you've been cruel to your soldiers as well. Well, you don't understand the game of war, Maria. And it's all right. I'm not offended. But that nutcracker belongs to all of us. So let me have him now. I want him now. I have placed the nutcracker expressly under Maria's protection. And as I see it, he is now greatly in need of it. I give her full authority over him. And no one must dispute it. Besides, Fred, you ought to know that when one is maimed in service, the wounded are not expected to work. Maria collected the Nutcracker's lost teeth and tied up his wooden chin with a nice white ribbon which she had taken from her dress and then wrapped up the little fellow more carefully than ever in her handkerchief, for he looked very pale and frightened. She held him in her arms like a little child. <laughs> How is it that Maria likes to caress such an ugly little fellow? Who knows, dear Godfather? If you were dressed like my sweet nutcracker with such bright little boots, who knows? You would then be as handsome as he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Maria could not understand why her parents were laughing so loud and why the counselor's face had turned so red. It was now late in the evening, and night indeed was close at hand, and Godfather had long since gone home, yet the children were still up playing with their toys. Children, how many times do I need to tell you it's time to go to bed? It's true, and I'm sure my poor little soldiers would like to get a little rest, but as long as I am here, not one of them will sleep. Oh, Mama, please let me stay here for a little while longer. Please, dear mother, I have two or three things that I need to attend to, and when they are done, I will go immediately to bed. I promise. All right, dear Maria, but come soon, or you will not be up in time tomorrow morning. I will, Mama. Good night. Good night, my angel. Maria still carried in her arms the wounded nutcracker. She laid him carefully upon the table and examined his wound. The nutcracker was very pale, but he still smiled at her so kindly. Oh, nutcracker, nutcracker, do not be angry at my brother Fred because he hurt you so. He did not mean to be so rough. It is the wild soldier's life that has made him a little hard-hearted, but otherwise... He is a good fellow, even though he pretends to be so rough. I can assure you that now I will tend to you very carefully until you are well and happy again. As for fastening your teeth and setting your shoulders, well, Godfather Drosselmeyer must do that, as he understands such things. The Nutcracker made a terrible face. His eyes darted something out like green sparkling flashes. Then, suddenly, his sad, smiling face returned again. I am not a foolish girl to be so easily frightened and to think that a wooden puppet could make faces at me. 
but I love Nutcracker too well because, because he is so good-tempered and so kind. Therefore, he shall be taken good care of as he so well deserves. With this, Maria took her friend Nutcracker in her arms, walked to the glass case, and said to her new doll, which she had laid in a little bed hours before, Miss Clara, be so good as to give up your bed to the sick, wounded Nutcracker, and try to sleep as well as you can on the sofa. Must I? Remember, my dear Miss Clara, that you are well and healthy with fat red cheeks. Very few little dolls have such nice sofas. Oh, no! Maria took out the bed, laid little Nutcracker down ever so softly, and drew the bedclothes over him snugly. She raised the bed with the Nutcracker in it to the shelf above and placed it close by the pretty village where Fred's soldiers were quartered. She locked the case and was about to go to bed when she heard a rustle and a whisper and a rattling sound. And round behind the chairs, behind the cupboards and the glass case and the great clock became louder and louder, but it would not strike. Hickory, dickory, dock. Hickory, dickory, dock. Oh, softly clock. Wrecking has a fine ear. Pum, pum. The old song let him hear. Pum, 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 pum. Or he might run away in a fright. No clock strikes softly and light and pum, pum. It went with a dull sound 12 times. began to tremble with fear and she was at the point of running out of the room in terror when she saw Godfather Drosselmeyer sitting on top of the clock. It was hanging upside down. The skirt of his brown coat looked like wings. Godfather? What are you doing up there? Come down and do not frighten me. A wild, squeaking, whimpering broke out on all sides, and there was a running, a trotting, a galloping behind the walls, as if thousands little feet were in motion, and thousands little lights flashed out of the crevices in the floor. They were the sparkling little eyes of mice that were all around, peeping out and working their way into the room. They placed themselves in a line, just as Fred was accustomed to place his soldiers when they went to battle. Maria had never been afraid of mice before. She actually loved them and would feed them cheese and peanuts. But when she heard a terrible, piercing, screeching sound and saw a very white, seven-headed rat 
with seven sparkling crowns rising out of the floor, squealing and squeaking terribly, advancing to meet his army. She felt a little scared. Hot trot trot. He went straight towards the glass case, right in front of Maria. <laughs> She let out a little scream. Her heart beat so terribly from anxiety and fear that it seemed as if the blood had stood still in her veins. She tottered backwards, when suddenly, clatter rattle 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 rattle, the glass pane which she had struck with her elbow fell in pieces at her feet, and all became still. Oh, oh dear! Half fainting, she felt a sharp pain, but. Heard no more squeaking and thought well, that perhaps all the mice had retreated into their holes. Suddenly, a rustling began, and little fine voices were heard. Up, 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 and away! Awake! Arm stake! Arm stake! Awake! To the fight! To the fight! This night! Up, up! To the fight! To the fight! Up, up! This night! This night! Up, up! Something rang out clear and sweet, like little bells. Oh, that is my dear musical clock! She exclaimed joyfully. But as she turned to look, she saw tiny little figures crossing up and down, stretching out their little arms. Nutcracker leaped out of the little bed, crying aloud. Crack, crack, crack! Stupid pack! Drive mouse back! Stupid pack! Crack. Mouse back! Crack, crack, crack! Stupid pack! He drew his little sword and exclaimed, "My loving noble friends, brothers, and soldiers, will you stand by me in the hard fight?" Yes, my lord. We will follow you with fidelity and courage. We will march with you to battle. To victory or death. You are our leader, and we will follow. Ratatatata! Yes, we will follow. Ratatatata! To victory or death. Yes, we will follow. Hurrah! 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 Three scaramouches, a harlequin, four chimney sweepers, two guitar players, and a drummer cried out as they rushed after the fiery Nutcracker, who leaped down from the upper shelf. And would have certainly broken his arms and legs as they were made of wood had Miss Clara, the beautiful new doll, had not sprung quickly from the sofa. Oh, my dear, dear, good Clara, are you hurt? It's all my fault if you are, as I moved you from your bed. Miss Clara pressed the Nutcracker on her lap as he tried to get up. No, Mister Nutcracker, you will not get up. Sick and wounded as you are. You must rest. See how your brave vassals assemble themselves. They are eager to defend their land and are certain they will win, as they are already drawn up below. You, sir, must repose upon the sofa or from my arms. I will certainly not, kind, gentle lady, and I do appreciate your favor, but a leader must. Lead, and I must protect our land from the seven-headed oppressor. He took the ribbon, which Maria had bound about his shoulders, pressed it to his lips, hung it across him like a scarf, and boldly leaped like a bird over the edge of the glass case upon the floor. 
He wore Maria's simple ribbon with pride as he felt great affection for her. And as he leaped, the squeaking and whistling was heard again, this time coming from under the large table. The hateful army of mice was ready to attack. Their red eyes, burning like flames, focused on the nutcracker, and they were ready for the signal from their leader. The seven-headed, dreadful rat who had become a dictator and who looked down high above them, smiling and savvy, a calculating rat, envisioning victory and conquest, maintaining an iron grip of power as his army screamed and squeaked. End of the first chapter. The Nutcracker Podcast is an original production by Guadalupe Radio. Based on E.T.A. Hoffman's story and Tchaikovsky's suite. With special performances by Ari Dario, Seamus Deaver, Erika Ortega, Sal Lopez, Efraín Figueroa, Cynthia Dane, Andres Londono, and Denise Blasor. Graphic designer, Marta Naranjo. Recordings, Rafael Valdez and Gerardo Nevarez. Editing by Juan Matos. Original music, Laurent Akem. Script, production and direction, Denise Blasor. Executive producer and director, René Heredia. The Nutcracker.LA. All rights reserved.